Well, good morning. I brought something with me, and it, you know what? I confess, I'm not the one who brought it. I snagged it far the gar- from the garden room, chicken noodle soup. Some of you like chicken noodle soup? I, apparently you do. Well, yes. And why might there be cans of chicken noodle soup and many other delicious Super flavors? Bowl. Super Bowl. Yep, I brought this with me, too. Did you get one of the boards today? Uh, did you notice anything funny about the way it's spelled? S-O-U-P-E-R instead of S-U-P. Yeah, we're having Super Bowl. And we have on our sheet here cans of soup and football and a little jar here. Can you notice what's in my jar? Yes, money. Yeah. Wesley got all the answers this morning. <laughs> so we already know you like chicken noodle. All right, so we'll make one of these cans. Too. I think this one ought to be chicken and stars because it has little stars on there. Do you like chicken and stars too? Not your favorite? What is your favorite? What is your... Not a big... Okay, so if you don't like soup, if we were collecting food for you this morning, what would we bring? Would we bring chicken nuggets or spaghetti or... Oh, chicken nuggets. We could have some chicken... We could bring some... Oh, I hope there's chocolate cake to go with our soup later today. That would be wonderful. What else? What would you add to this? Add some donuts. Mm-hmm. Cheese ravioli. Cheese ravioli. Mm-hmm. <gasps> ice cream. I would love it. We'd have to have a refrigerator for that, right? So it didn't turn into ice cream soup. Then you would like the soup. Ice cream soup? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. All right. So we're collecting all the soup, and we do have soup for us to eat today. There's lots of good flavors in there to come and have lunch. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Where's all this soup going to today? I mean, we're not keeping it at our church. Do you all know what happens the, to all this the soup? The leftovers we take to Austin Street, right? Um, actually, kind of the soup that we cooked, some of it that's left over, we have members of our church um, that can't drive anymore, and they can't get here to church. And so some of these wonderful people here and some behind, and maybe some of you, take some soup to their house. That's good. But what happens to all these cans? We have to recycle them. Well, I mean, with the soup in them. With the soup in them. Do you know? We take them to the rock. Yeah. We take them to places in Garland, like Good Samaritan and like the rock, that people know if they're hungry, they can go there to be fed. Like, literally fed when their belly is hungry, they can go there. And it would be wonderful if we could have things there like chocolate cake and ice cream and donuts, too. But sometimes, you know, cans of soup is what we can do. Sometimes it might be chicken nuggets. Sometimes it might be a can of cheese ravioli or something. Yeah, we do. We're gonna. We're, that's what you're gonna do today. So some of you brought cans of soup, and some of you brought money to help buy cans of soup, and we do that. Did you know that? Well, Jesus doesn't exactly talk about cans of soup, but he does talk about feeding people. Did have you heard that part before? Yeah, talks about. Jesus was talking one time, and he said. I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, didn't know anybody. It's my first time there. And you welcomed me. I didn't have any clothes. You gave me clothes to wear. I was sick. I was in prison, and you visited me. And you know what all his friends said? What? Jesus, when were you hungry? When were you thirsty? When did you not have clothes? I don't remember doing that, Jesus. You're thinking of somebody else. It wasn't me. Do you know what he told him? No. 
Whenever you fed one of my children, you fed me. Whenever you gave a drink to one of my children, you gave a drink to me. Whenever you gave a warm coat and a warm blanket, whenever you brought soup to somebody's house that couldn't come here, it's like you're doing it for God. It's not like, like you're doing it for God. You are doing it for God. And why is that, Cooper, that you were telling me earlier? Yeah, because they're all God's children. Not just us who are in this room, but all our neighbors. All the neighbors on your street and all the neighbors next to your school and all the neighbors your parents drive by on the way to work. And we don't know a lot of their names. But we feed them. We feed them. Because we're doing it for God. So thank you. Thank you for helping feed God's children this morning, for bringing cans of soup. And there's going to be... Um, a collection out there if you still want to bring them. They're still collecting some cans, and they still have a jar you could put your donation in. Yeah. Let's give thanks this morning. Absolutely. And then you go get you some chicken noodle soup. Yeah. Let's say, dear God, thank you for the gifts we have. Good food to eat. Gifts to share. Thank you, Lord. For sharing with us. For loving us. We love you, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Caroline. We are continuing our journey this morning through the first chapter of Mark's Gospel. If you will recall, last week we were in the synagogue in Capernaum with Jesus and the disciples, and there was a man with an unclean spirit, and the unclean spirit recognized who Jesus was, and Jesus cast out that unclean spirit, and we are still on that same day, on the Sabbath, and we are picking up now with verse 29. Listen for the word of God. As soon as they had left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons. And the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. And he answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also. For that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. This is the word of God for the people of God. 
Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O God, our rock and redeemer. Amen. How many of you have had one of the bugs running around this winter? Flu, strep, cold. It ain't fun, is it? Ain't fun. I had strep the first week of January, and oh my gosh, it had been years since I had had strep. I forgot how awful it was. I was pretty pitiful. There's something about being ill that is very isolating. You know, I was out of, um, I was away, uh, had gotten over the part where I just wanted to stay at home and be miserable, but I was still contagious, so I couldn't go out anywhere, and I got a little stir-crazy. Um, we, yes, are you, yes, there have been people that have died from the flu. It's very, very sad. It's very, very sad. And that their families are having to struggle with their loss. And then we have this story here of Jesus and his healing ministry. So, Jesus has called the first four disciples. They have seen him do an exorcism. And then on that same day, they go to Simon Peter and Andrew's house. I would guess maybe, you know, it's after synagogue services. Maybe they wanted a little something to eat. Maybe rest a little bit. And Simon tells Jesus that his mother-in-law is sick, that she's very sick and that she's in bed with a fever. And during Jesus' time, this would have been especially isolating for anyone who had fever, who might have a skin condition. They were isolated and um, on the margins of the communal life, whether it be in the household or of the village. And Jesus does an astonishing thing. He goes and he lifts her up by the hand. He touches her and he lifts her up. The fever leaves her and then she begins to serve them. How many of you women roll your eyes at that? I, I mean, I can show you in my Bible that my mother gave me back in 1994. I've got an exclamation point by that particular verse. But here's the thing. What we have to do is line up Simon's mother-in-law. She is healed. She has received the merciful grace and healing power of Jesus. And she begins to serve with what happens a bit later in the text with Simon. Jesus has gone off to a deserted place, the text tells us, to pray, to attend to his relationship with God. 
And, I mean, you know, word's gotten around about Jesus and about the wonderful things he does. And there are people clamoring. And so Simon goes and finds him and said, everybody's looking for you. And so then Jesus gets up and says, okay, we're going to go to the neighboring villages and towns to do the work of the kingdom of God. Let's compare Simon with his mother-in-law, whose name we don't even know. She is healed and she begins to serve, which is the mark of a disciple in the kingdom of God, male or female. She is the first deacon in Mark's gospel. Simon doesn't get it yet. He's like, all these people are asking for you, Jesus. Come and tell me, you, you do it. You do it. And at some point, Jesus is going to tell the disciples that they need to get it. Because in Mark's gospel, they never get it. They don't quite understand what Jesus is called to do. They don't understand that the shadow of arrest and death has already fallen on him. That the work of the kingdom of God is going to put him into um, a loggerhead situation with the Roman Empire. Simon's mother-in-law then begins to act as a servant in the kingdom of God, which Jesus has declared is at hand. It is amongst us now. But Simon doesn't get it yet. There is something about being called into the kingdom of God a trait that begins to rest on our shoulders and into which we begin to grow as we receive the healing grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. And then we can live ever more fully into service, to serve as he served, to offer compassion and mercy and healing our own selves to others. That is the nature of the call. It's not that we say, Jesus, come do this. But that we actually begin to grow into that very work our own selves. My friends, Jesus, the great physician, has beckoned each one of us to live ever more fully and deeply into the kingdom of God. And the cool thing is, is that we can do that very work ourselves. That's the beauty of God's grace. It is the wonder of God's kingdom. The work that Jesus did is our work to do as well. May God bless and enable our own serving ministries here and now. Amen.